Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, here we go. Big show, big show. Thursday night show. Uh, just back from a nice little gathering with friends and uh, at a uh, at a bar restaurant that didn't do all the COVID crap during the COVID, the COVID era, the COVID era. So uh, it was nice to go out and we continue to, you know, kind of uh, frequent these places that didn't uh, make us wear masks and wake us show our papers, show your papers, show your papers. We didn't have to do that at select places here in San Francisco, you know? So it was like, I really, I began to understand during the COVID time, during the COVID era, how people felt during the um, prohibition era and having to go into like speakeasies, you know, uh, to get drinks, to drink alcohol, to go underground and hope it's not raided. You know, I, I know what those people felt like. So maybe every hundred years or so, we're going to have to go through that. Um, hopefully not more often than that. But, uh, but that's what it was like. It was like, it's as dumb as prohibition was, as idiotic as prohibition was. Obviously, the mask and the vaccine stuff was a hundred times dumber, a hundred times more uh, fascist, authoritarian than prohibition. Actually, there were probably more reasons you could probably back up prohibition, the thinking that went into that compared to uh, COVID mandates and stuff. But just a little taste of what it felt like back then to find places underground that let you drink and have a good time and watch the Can Can Girls. I love that Can Can stuff. Anyway, yeah, I love that stuff. So, so it was a little bit of that, you know, and uh, and just spending money at places that welcomed your business and wasn't. Um, you know, uh, buying into the crap and listening to what state-run uh, media said and what the big government told them to do and actually, uh, you know, make a living. <sighs> you know, it was such a dark time. I mean, we're still in it. It's not like we're out of it. But it, it, it was uh, that period of, what, let's say April, May 2020 through what? Maybe like uh, last summer, fall. So two, two solid years, two plus solid years of really, really dark times, really dark times. And there are plenty of people out there who would love if they had the power to keep it that way, you know. Um, but thankfully, thankfully, there are enough people who are seeing the light and uh, starting to wake up and uh, at least at the, at the very least, just be tired of all that where they won't accept it again anytime soon because it destroyed their lives so much. I mean, it really did <clears throat> totally destroy so many lives. Um, in fact, I'll be talking about that. Jay Bhattacharya uh, puts up some really good stuff, Dr. Jay, about uh, the effects of the lockdowns and the effects of the mandates and all that stuff um, that that media won't talk about, that the mainstream media just won't get into because it doesn't uh, further their narrative. Um, 
but there's also a lot of Trump stuff to talk about. I was wondering, what is there to talk? What's there to, I was wondering what the lead was going to be tonight. You know, what was the lead going to be? Because, I don't know, I just, uh, I couldn't figure it out. There's a lot going on, but nothing is dominating right now. Nothing's dominating, right? The Trump thing is kind of on hold. It looks now like it probably won't happen. You know, uh, a few days ago, everyone was saying it was definitely going to happen. But then Michael Cohen stuff came out and the memo and all that showing that it was his money. And there's no proof it was Trump's money. So it's, it's, it's becoming more difficult for this guy Bragg to actually prosecute him to the fact where a judge wouldn't throw it all out. And he looked like he looked terrible. You know, he had the egg on his face. Um, but I think what's more important to talk about, and I talked about this yesterday, is, uh, <laughs> is the upcoming uh, primary season. And we're now seeing Ron DeSantis making many more press appearances, right? There was the big Piers Morgan interview. Uh, and now he was on another he was on Newsmax earlier. And he's been talking more about, you know, national politics, not just Florida stuff. And it's quite obvious on his book tour that he went to, you know, Iowa, Nevada, and New Hampshire, places that people who do book tours, not exactly the first, you know, usually it's uh, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago. He's not going to those places. He's going to the primary states, the early primary states. So we know, we know he's running. And it's just a matter of counting down the days now until he uh, officially announces it, which I'm waiting for because I want to, I want to buy my Ron DeSantis paraphernalia. Uh, I want to buy my shirt. Uh, I want to buy a hat and I want to wear it around San Francisco simply to annoy people. I know no one here is going to vote for Ron DeSantis, but I, it's, you know, I just want to annoy people. Well, I think it's important in the primary season, right? Because there will be a California primary. And it's an important one. It has the most, it has the most uh, delegates. And so it'll be very important. And so there are Republican. There are a few. There are about three and a half. I never met the half, but I know there are three and a half Republicans here in San Francisco. So get them to vote for DeSantis and now Trump will be big to get DeSantis to win California. The last poll I saw in California was that he was leading among Republican primary voters here. So um, I think uh, it's a good chance to say I don't think I don't think California among Republicans is a big Trump state. I don't think it's a huge Trump state. I really don't, which is why I think DeSantis is a really good shot to win here. So um, let's see what else. You know, what really bugs me are these people. And look, we've had a few of them on the show. I love my callers. I love the people listening. I think they bring great stuff to the table every day. But yesterday we were talking about Trump and how there's the perception that he is like the outsider, right? He's like the outsider. DeSantis is more of the establishment. And this is all, by the way, I think propaganda being perpetrated coming from the Trump side. If you look at uh, facts, let's look at also this idea that, you know, uh, Trump has drained the swamp, drained the swamp, drained the swamp, and DeSantis is part of the swamp. Well, let's look at the list. Someone named Jamie, actually Jamie Michelle, founder of Gays Against Groomers, um, put out a list of the swamp creatures that uh, that Trump hired and endorsed. John Bolton, Mike Pompeo, Christopher Ray, Mike Pence, Kevin McCarthy, Paul Ryan, Bill Barr, Elaine Chow, James Mattis, Elaine, Elise Stefaniak, Reince Priebus, John McCain, Mitch McConnell, Nikki Haley. And that's just a small list. Remember, how about Lindsey Graham? 
Lindsey Graham belongs. How about the biggest one, Tony Fauci? How about Mitt Romney and Jeff Sessions? There's so many. And and so it, it's, uh, yeah, so there, there they go. I looked down the list of the thread and Jamie added Lindsey Graham. So uh, this idea that Trump is this outsider, outside the establishment, surrounding himself with outside the establishment people, non-deep state people, it's total bullshit. It's total bullshit. Also, Jamie puts in the swamp creatures DeSantis has hired or endorsed, and there's none. So this perception, once again, that DeSantis is the inside deep state guy, establishment Republican guy, and Trump is this outsider, this maverick outsider, is bullshit. It's not backed up by the facts. It's not backed up by the people that Trump hired, surrounded himself with, and has endorsed through the years, okay? So we should just get past that nonsense. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And also, what bothers me, oh, here's good news, actually. 59% of Republicans want anyone but Trump in a new Monmouth call. This is down from 94% in 2020. So the majority of Republicans now want anyone but Trump, okay? So that's a big thing. That's a huge that's a huge loss for Donald Trump. And it seems like uh, little by little, he's, his, his support is whittling away. Okay, it's whittling away. Uh, another thing that bothers me is this idea that Ron DeSantis always has to comment on Trump's problems. Why is it Ron DeSantis's responsibility to comment on Trump's issues? I, do, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. Trump should have to deal with his own issues. Ron DeSantis shouldn't have to deal with Trump's issues, okay? Trump's issues are in part brought in his own, and DeSantis does not have to count. I want DeSantis to talk about what, what, what affects me. Trump's business doesn't affect me. It affects his own life, okay? So I want a, a, a presidential candidate to talk about issues that affect me and the masses, especially economic stuff. That's the responsibility of Ron DeSantis, not to talk about Trump's garbage, not to tr- respond to Trump's baggage, not to back up Donald Trump. That's Trump's own fucking problem. Ask him. Ask him about his problems, not Ron DeSantis. So there's, there's another perception that Ron DeSantis, part of his job is to talk about Donald Trump. Uh, it's not. And Ron DeSantis knows that. Ron DeSantis knows that. Okay? Once again, enough with the bullshit. That Donald Trump is this outsider when he surrounded himself with Bolton, Pompeo, Ray, Pence, McCarthy, Ryan Barr, Chow, Mattis, Stefanik, Priebus, McConnell, Haley, Lindsey Graham, and, and uh, Tony Fauci and Deborah Burks. It's nonsense. These are all inside the beltway swamp creatures that were all part of Trump's presidency and all people that he's endorsed uh, since then. Uh, and, and, of course, we know Trump didn't drain the swamp. It got swampier, okay? I mean, John Bolton is one of the biggest neocon. This is another thing. What, what's this bullshit that I understand? And I've given Trump credit for not starting any more wars. I've given him credit for doing over a four-year period. Not start. You shouldn't have to give a president credit for not starting wars for four years. But that's the way it is here. And it's true. He's the first president in decades who in his term had not started any, any new wars. He did keep some old ones going, um, as our callers have mentioned, but he didn't start any new ones. Okay, 
But he also surrounded himself with people like uh, Lindsey Graham, a huge neocon, John Bolton, one of the biggest crazy wacko neocons of neocons. So once again, I need facts. When you're talking about facts, okay, Trump is an outsider and DeSantis too much of an insider. Where There are no facts that back that up. In fact, Trump having been president automatically makes him more of an insider and and more establishment than Ron DeSantis, who's never been president. Understand? So uh, Trump's already been read that that riot act we talk about all the time when we say someone runs from the outside, they become president and they get there. And then the CIA and the FBI and the deep state sits them down and says, um, hey, you better, you better, we're going to give you an offer you can't refuse. Well, he's already taken that offer. So forget it. He's not an outsider. OK, he knows where all the bodies are buried and he's an in, he's a total insider. He was president of the United States for four years. He's an insider. OK. So um, let's see where else we're going here. Okay, so that was that. That was that. And he, let's see, see. Uh, yeah, so uh, once again, this, Ron DeSantis also said in that interview with Piers Morgan, he said, I don't do cocktail parties. I don't like robbing elbows with other people. I, don't, I like doing my job and then spending time with my family. I like that. Very good answer. I'm not a cocktail party guy either, by the way. I'm not a cocktail party guy anyway. Um, but he also said, I care more about securing our own border in the U.S. than I do about the Russia-Ukraine border. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Common sense right there. So I like that also. So where, once again, I need evidence when someone wants to tell me that this guy is the insider and this guy's the... This, I, I need more than just feeling. I need more than just like propaganda and narrative from a one camp or the other or the mainstream media. I need real evidence of it. And there's zero evidence that Trump is this big outsider and DeSantis is this big Republican insider. There's just no none. There's none. He was elected as a Republican governor of the state of Florida. Does not make him an insider. Trump ran as a Republican. He was a Republican president. He didn't run as independent. If Trump was this big maverick, why not run as an independent? Why not run as a libertarian? Why? Why run as a Republican? So it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. I'm not saying Ron DeSantis is this big outsider, but to say Trump is, is nonsense. It's just total, total nonsense. Um, uh, so, yeah, I guess we'll talk more about this. You know, once again, this is just beginning and uh, uh, it's it's um, it's we're, but we're already seeing like fake news from Trump, obviously, in the Trump camp. And once again, this whole bullshit about Trump. Once again, this guy just lied again. He said he was going to be indicted three days ago. Did I miss the indictment? He made this big fucking speech, Trump. He put out a video with his red face. And his bad hair. Saying on Tuesday, I'll be indicted. Well, he wasn't. So he lied again. He lied again. And he might not. not once again, it may all be a, a big WWF type event for Donald Trump. It may never even happen. Now it looks like now the if you're a betting man, if you're playing the odds, he's not going to be indicted. now. After he gave this big thing, this big teach to Saturday morning at two in the morning, he tweets Tuesday. It's happening. He makes a video saying I'm going to be arrested and handcuffed on Tuesday and three days pass since. And there's been no indictment.
and there may never be one. So enough with this guy. Seriously, enough with this bloated 80-year-old wannabe WWF fight wrestler. Okay, it's enough. Look, look, I don't like Macron. I don't like Trudeau. So they're, they're young. I don't like Newsom. They're all young. So I'm not saying that young means I'm going to like you or you're going to be a good leader. But why? Why do we need these octogenarian presidents in this country? Back to back to back, right? If you're going to do Trump again, it's back to back to back. You don't need it. Ron DeSantis is half Trump's age. Okay, let's go with young. Let's go with with youth. Let's go with new. Okay, we don't need to go with old, same old, same old. And to say once again, this is mind blowing to me, common sense wise, to go with a, a guy who's eighty years old. Okay, who has been rich, who has rubbed elbows with the richest of the rich of the rich, and once again, that's Ron DeSantis saying he's not a cocktail party guy. He doesn't even have to say the name Trump. Just like he has to say when it comes to paying off a hooker or a, or a porn star. Sorry, Stormy. Sorry, Stormy. Uh, it's uh, it's a uh, not in his wheelhouse. It's a very clever way of saying he's not Trump. He's different than Trump without saying Trump's name. And so to to talk to take a guy who was like eighty years old, wealthy for his whole fucking life, went bankrupt six times, rubbed elbows with Epstein. Hired half the swamp as president to say he's some fucking outsider is ridiculous. Okay, he's not. He's a corporate wealthy Republican insider is what he is. His whole bullshit about being an outsider is another act. It's another. It's, it's, it's fake news coming from him, of all people. Okay, it's an act he has perpetrated. It is like a reality show act that he's some outsider. He's not. He's a wealthy Republican insider. Period. So, corporatist, major corporatist. Come on, he's Mr. Corporate America, this guy. Mr. Corporate America. So, Bill, I'll get to you in a second. I'm almost done with my opening. Oh, a lot of people call it an opening monologue, which I think is kind of uh, pretentious. It's my opening rant. It's my opening talk. It's my TED talk. It's my <laughs> mic talk. I think I'll start mic talk. Who's TED? Is there an actual guy named TED? Or does that stand for something? Talk, talk, let's see, T, T, talk, every day. I don't know. Maybe maybe Ted's a guy's name. Okay. Ted's dead? <laughs> Andrew, was Ted dead? Is there, was there a Ted? Was, was Ted's talk name? Well, Bill, you can stay in the queue if you want. Um, oh, no, I, oh, you're joking with me. You're playing with, oh, okay, I thought Ted was an actual guy. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, but this comes from uh, some schmucko named Steve Peoples put up a uh, Steve Peoples, Peoples, who's this Steve Peoples? He's a husband, a father, a taco lover, and a chief political reporter at the Associated Press. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, people are just people like you. That's his, that's his thing in his Twitter profile. People are just people. People, people who, he, he, he went to a, he said, Ron DeSantis signs books in Tallahassee, and he asked him, if he thinks Donald Trump is being treated fairly by a prosecutor, dead silence. Like this fucking guy, people. DeSantis has to stop signing books to talk to Steve Peoples about Donald Trump. And this is a flaw of Ron DeSantis not talking about Donald Trump's personal problems with Steve Peoples. Let me, let's get that clear. We have too many people in the press. That's the problem. All these, you know, I go on MSN. Does anyone have the Explorer as their, as their uh, web browser? And they have this shitty MSN feed. Have you seen all these crazy news sites? 
I mean, here's one. Actually, it was a it was a decent story, but something called Into. What's Into? Into story by Into MSN.com. There are so many of these fake news sites. I, I don't know where they did it. They see there more seem to spring up every day. This one's called Into Into. I've never heard of it, but we'll talk about this in a minute. Um, but another crazy wacko left. All these crazy wacko left wingers are are hopping onto MSN and creating these like fake news sites that people on the left believe are real news sites. And uh, they wrote today. This is this is. In fact, I'm going to talk about it. Bill, do you want to come on, or do you want to wait until I do the story? It's up to you. It's up to you, Bill. Bill, you taking a bathroom break? Is that what it is? Okay. Anyway, Bill, if you want to come back into the queue, I'll put you on now, or I'll read this story first, and then. And then we can uh, go to you. All right, let me read this. This is interesting. You might want to comment on this, Bill. Other people might be also. Okay, so this is this is a story written in this crazy into, whatever it is, on MSN. And the title is, John Cleese has officially gone over to the dark side. Now, I love John Cleese. John Cleese is a funny, funny guy. Funny. Uh, but he's also been known to be a little irascible, irascible, a little bit of a, you know, a can- cantankerous, cantankerous. And uh, but also a real person who has real beliefs and ideas. And I think he's kind of been center or center left. But God forbid now, this is it. He's, this is why you're wondering. So you look, you look at the title of this from Into, John Cleese has officially got over to the dark side. And you're thinking, oh, shit, what happened? Has he become a uh, serial killer? Is he a, is he a mass murderer? Well, here it is. Okay. John Cleese, a once beloved member, once beloved, uh, the, Into, the, into and once again it's one of those things where there's like no actual writer credited there's no, there's no writer it's just into no one seems to take credit does anyone take credit for writing this drivel no no of course not of course not that's another thing there's these anonymous articles written by supposedly into which could be this could be like a uh, a 19 year old fucking nerd sitting in his uh in his uh bathroom jerking off while he's writing it anyway all right, let me go. John Cleese, a once beloved member of the iconic comedy sextet Monthly Python, has been showing signs of Roganism. Is that, is that a term now? Roganism? Roganism for some time now. Today, the transformation is complete as right wing outlet GB News announces Cleese's grand return to television by way of a new talk show with conservative free speech advocate, in quotes, Andrew Doyle. Its theme, cancel culture. Now, if you don't know anything, if you know if you know anything at all, you probably can tell that the phrase cancel culture and wokeism, this is what into this is what the person, whoever it may be, writing for into mag the anonymous person who's afraid to put their name on an article, which shouldn't even be legal. Uh this is this is what they write. They claim cancel culture and wokeism are dog whistles for right-wing pundits eager to point out how a changing culture is becoming toxic for people who used to make a living telling my wife jokes. So this 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 uh, individual or individuals we don't know who write for this thing called Into think actually believe that cancel culture and wokeism are dog whistles for right-wing pundits eager to point out how a changing culture is becoming toxic for people who used to make a living telling my wife jokes. That's the whole thing. The whole thing which Cleese is no stranger to. A while back, Cleese framed his entire stand-up act around his expensive divorce from his third wife, and something tells us Jones won't be any fresher of the comic's upcoming GB News show in which he'll act as commentator and presentator. Obviously, it doesn't bode well for fans of Cleese's earlier work, including 
Monty uh, fellow py Python Eric Idle was managed to remain a lovely person, meaning a left wing whack job. As long as you're a left wing whack job, see this this person this is this is a supposed journalist writing an, a line like Python Eric Idle is a late, uh, remains a lovely person. So someone's a lovely person if you agree with them politically. If they if they actually have some common sense and believe in free speech, they're not a lovely person. They're not a lovely person. So this is this is once again this is a this is a garbage article. This is all it has is like tweets attached. This is another thing. This is a new new thing in journalism now. Journalism in quotes is that you write like two paragraphs of drivel of bile and you just embed like twenty five tweets into it. What kind of writing is that? Really, who the fuck? This, this probably is a 19-year-old jerking off in his mother's bathroom. Um, but here's the thing. So let me get this right. I want to get this right from this, this entity that writes for Into. So John Cleese, let me get this right. If you have common sense, it's bad. Joe Rogan is bad. Free speech is bad. Cancel culture is good. Wokeism is, is good. Censorship is good. Shitty comedy is good. And that's the, that's what's so funny about this. They're like saying that, they're saying that woke comedy, they're actually trying to say that woke comedy in which if you're, if you're, if you, um, offend someone, you should be canceled is, is bad. But woke, but non woke, so non woke comedy is bad. Old comedy, old time comedy, old fashioned comedy of like 2012 is bad. But the new stuff, the new woke stuff is actually really funny. So, so John Cleese is no longer funny because he's not woke. He has to go back to being woke to be funny. Does that make any fucking sense whatsoever? But this is the this is the drivel, the bile these people try to pass off these days. Actually, said, did you ever think there was a time where free speech would be considered going to the dark side? That really that that promoting free speech is actually considered now going to the dark side. That we have to defend. Someone who believes in freedom of speech, freedom of speech. But if you're woke and you virtue signal like Eric Idle, supposedly this person likes Eric Idle because Eric Idle is still a very woke Hollywood person and they're virtue signaling. And I guess he's lost all of his real humor. But that's another thing. Does this, does this moron not understand? This is why they have to be a 19 year old masturbating in their mother's bathroom because they don't understand that Monty Python was very non woke humor. And all, all, all John Cleese has been saying is that that kind of humor, you couldn't do that now. So all that great humor that people loved and critics loved and audiences loved, you can't do that now. And so these, this moron at Into Magazine is saying that's a good thing. That's changing culture. That's a good thing. In other words, that we can't have All in the Family anymore, that we couldn't, we couldn't have a sitcom like All in the Family anymore is a good thing. That's a, this is changing culture, Mike. What are you, a right winger? It, wouldn't society be better without the Jeffersons and all in the family and Monty Python? Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. So there was a time when that was okay. Wait, there was a time when that was funny and now funny's changed. Huh? Funny's changed. How, how is funny changed? I sound like Joe Pesci now, but really how is funny changed? I don't understand how funny changes with time. I don't get it. I don't get it. And what is this nonsense about, about my wife jokes. First of all, my wife jokes, some of the funniest fucking jokes ever. Did you ever watch Rodney Dangerfield, you moron of Into Magazine? Half of his jokes were about not just his wife, his family, his dogs, 
One of the funniest, most brilliant comics ever. But so, so would culture be better if we went back in time and we canceled Ronnie Dangerfield? We never had Ronnie Dangerfield. We never had Archie Bunker. We never had George Jefferson. Would it be better? Would society and our culture in this country be better with all of that wiped out? You fucking idiots. Bill, good timing. Calm me down, Bill. Calm me down. <laughs> you forgot about Don Rickles. Oh. I mean- Don Rickles. You know, I saw, I saw, I saw Don Rickles open for Frank Sinatra in Vegas. In Vegas, I just made it at the end. At the end, like towards towards the end of Sinatra, he uh-huh. did a show in Vegas, and I went with my grandfather. And Don Rickles opened. Don Rickles was hilarious, hilarious. And you know, Bill, Don Rickles was one of the only people that Frank Sinatra let make fun of him. Yeah. He loved Don Rickles. He, but he had, he had a brutal humor that was hysterical, though. Everybody knew, you know, where you're going to get, you're going to get cut to the, to the core when yeah, he, like, when yeah. he, when he, but it was funny. But it like was Andrew funny. just said, Life of Brian couldn't be made today. Yeah, I know. Make Life of Brian today. And what? So these people think that's a good thing? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, come on. What, what's what's funny to them? Let me ask you. Yeah. Maybe you know, Bill. Maybe you don't. What's funny to your average nineteen-year-old who jerks off in his mother's bathroom, <laughs> writing for Into Magazine? Like, I don't you know. know I, I don't think I can comment on that. I can't <laughs> comment on when you mentioned All in the Family and George Jefferson. I started laughing right away when we did it, when, when they used to go at it. Him and Archie Bunker. That was funny. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I could not laugh at that. I you mean, know you what? Know. You know what else you couldn't make? Did you ever see the movie As Good as It Gets with Jack Nicholson? No, I have to check oh, it out. Oh, you have to see it. Now that's just what the nineties, right? And you couldn't make that brilliant movie today. Simply yeah. because Jack Nicholson plays like this, you know, this um, white, middle, just past middle-aged racist guy mm-hmm. with no manners, right? And there's uh-huh. a scene in the movie, and I'll let you talk in a minute, but I was just yeah. watching it. Uh-huh. Again. There's a scene in the movie <laughs> where Greg Kinnear, who plays his gay uh, neighbor, comes over to him and asks him if he's seen his dog. Now, it's, it's one of those little barky, squeaky dogs that, of course, right. Jack Nicholson hates. And he, he throw, and Jack Nicholson throws the dog down the garbage chute. <laughs> and so, and Greg Kinnear says, hey, hey, did you, uh, did you see my dog? And he goes, you know, he pretends he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then he right. goes, well, my friend, and Cuba Gooding is like this art dealer friend of Greg Kinnear's. And Cuba Good, and so Greg Kinnear says, uh, did you see, did you happen to catch my friend? And Jack Nicholson goes, you, you mean the, you mean the colored guy? And, and Greg Kinnear <laughs> says, well, what? Exactly what color would that be? Jack Nicholson says, Well, it's like Dick Molasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious, you know? And yeah. and that's the kind of humor we saw in all the family, right? We saw yeah, this cranky, exactly. conservative, right wing guy right, who right. was totally uh, against the counterculture that was happening in the seventies yeah. and always arguing, right, with his uh with his southern law played by Rob Reiner. Right. <laughs> and uh and uh, I have to admit Rob Reiner was great in that show. They all he was Sally Struthers, you yeah. know. But it's like to not be able to do that, these people believe that would be a good thing. That's yeah, crazy. That's cultural societal progress of these people. They are crazy, Bill. They're crazy. I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think about, uh, you know, the, the, uh, Monty Python, all this, all this stuff was hysterical. Uh, you know, all their stuff, I should say, Monty Python. And then 
also, um, I'm thinking of, um, Pizza the Hut. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, what's his name? From, uh, Spaceballs? Spaceballs. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. who, help me out. What's the fellow? Who's the fellow who made all the John series? Candy. Of John Candy. Right, right. But I mean, um, the fellow who wrote the movies, um, I'm, I'm, Mel Mel Brooks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. Mel Brooks stuff. I mean, slapstick, silly, funny, but you gotta love it. You know what I mean? It's, and, and, it's and very like, anti-politically correct. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was really good fun. You know, things have changed. You know, and they didn't have to get raunchy, sexy, swearing. You know, you know, it was just. Even the old Dean, remember, I used to watch the Dean Martin show with my father. What else? Carol Burnett. Boy, Carol Burnett and, uh, and, uh, uh Harvey Corman and, uh, it was a little fellow who played the dentist. He was funny too. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yes, I do know who you're talking about. Um, oh, he was famous too. I just can't remember. Absolutely. His name. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, uh, young Tim Conway. Yeah, young Frankenstein was great also. Yeah. You know, yeah. But once again, oh. all of these great comedies back then of the yeah. 60s, 70s were all filled with, with back then they didn't call anti woke, they called it anti politically correct humor, and that right. was like that was appreciated. Yeah, it was big then. time. It was mm -hmm. appreciated. You know, people Absolutely. would say, "Oh, this great, this great uh, comedy that's not this no non PC stuff is great." Now right. it's like you have to do you have to do woke, and this whole ridiculous idea from this Into Magazine writer that wokeism and cancel culture wokeism is made up. It's not real. It's all, it's all us right wingers. Yeah. We're all, we're doing this because we want my wife jokes to come back. I mean, are these people, are these people serious? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> this is what, this is what they're molding. You see, this is what they're molding these minds into being, um, service, uh, like, um, Rockefeller said, I don't want a nation of, of thinkers. I just want a nation of workers. You know what I mean? They're, they're, yeah, yeah. No, wait just, a bit. I just want to yeah. do some, first of all, uh, Daniel has done a, a search, by the way, Bill, and he says okay. that the magazine Into is a queer publication started by Grinder. It makes perfect sense now. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a publication started by a, a sex meetup app. Oh, really? <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. Andrew says, "Is that the is that the Jack Nicholson movie where he tells the waitress to hold the chicken between her knees?" No, that's Five Easy Pieces. Yeah. <laughs> that's a long time ago. Where he tells the waitress, "Yeah, what, what does he say? How, how does he say it, uh, Bill?" In Five Easy Pieces, I missed that. You have to. I'm sorry, I can't help you. With that. Yeah, he, he he says, "Now hold the chicken between your knees." Yeah, that's Five Easy Pieces. That's another great movie, but that's. 1970. It's a long time ago. Yeah. The only thing that came to mind when you said that was when uh, Johnny Carson had Rocco Welch on, and she had a kitten between her lap. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. They said, would you like to pet the cat? Would you like to pet my pussy? Whatever she yeah, said. Yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah. remove the kitten. Yeah. <laughs> well, even, uh, even that movie, what's her name? She was in, Bo Derek, 10. Remember 10? Where she's beautiful. She's running on the beach. She's half yeah. You couldn't mm -hmm. even make that anymore. They say it's womanizing. No. To do. I mean, it's just, it's gotten so bad now. It's gotten so yeah. bad. And, so, and, and the bottom line is, more than anything else, it's boring. It's yeah. very boring. You know? 
Yeah, there was some good funny comedy. We got growing up watching that with my dad. The Milton. Oh God, I'm thinking some of the old timers. God, they'll come to mind. I see him. You know, I can see him in my mind. I'm just having trouble remembering some of the name. You'd see the the Dean Martin roasts. You know what I mean? And you'd see the the whole line of stars, and they'd be roasting one person after another. And uh, uh, are, are roasts allowed anymore? You allowed to do roasts anymore? I don't know, but you know the roast I'm talking about, right? Where they, I love they, them. they were, oh, they were ter- terrific. You can go on YouTube and find those. They're fantastic. Yeah, yeah they are. But the problem is, if you want anything funny, you have to go on and find old stuff on YouTube. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the way you can do it. You know. yeah. Bill, I think yeah. we'll come out of this, don't you? We have to at some point, don't we? It, it, you know, it is, you know, you talk about things and it's living in the twilight zone like even yeah. your discussions about trump and his cabinet are absolutely spot on and that's the deal i can't have discussion with trumpers because i always want to talk about the cabinet appointees and reappointees mm-hmm. and the policies right. and they well you know he kind of was taking advantage like trump was the victim of his cabinet i'm like what the hell are you talking about he chose these people and then he reappointed certain ones i mean he knew exactly who he was surrounding himself with what, what, right what, you know that's a cop-out that's a cop-out though no he ran out of populist message he's gonna bring jobs back to america and help and make america great again that's freaking bullshit all you gotta do is look at his who he picked as his cabinet members and the actions they took and continued to take as he made reappointments mm-hmm. i mean come on what what the freak you know it's like it's people are in denial they, 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 it's bizarre no yeah, no when you start listing all those people he surrounded himself with it's oh. total swamp a total swamp yeah Yes. Steve Mnuchin, the foreclosure king, for oh, heaven's sakes. Mnuchin, I couldn't stand that guy. What a piece of Christ. Slimeball, scum, just listen to him talk and watching him. What he did in California when he took over, what, what was it? Let's see. One West Bank in the Mac. One West Bank. That's a freaking scumbag. Yeah. The way he, um, and yet, you know, Kamala wouldn't touch him because she's part of the swamp. It's all a big swamp. It's just yes. freaking horrible. Yeah, I, I think know? that drained the swamp was a great slogan it was but he didn't live up to it no 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 because like you said he's part of the old school machine he's been a democrat republican you know swiping flopping back and forth doting both sides he's Hob-nobbing, playing the game hobnobbing with these people his entire life of course yeah. now the santis you know i think gator makes some good points i have to say i mean i i know look i appreciate what this what uh, Joseph Latipo and DeSantis are doing regarding COVID, no question, you know. And you can't criticize him, I don't think, for, for coming on too late because at least he finally came on board and he's really pushing it along with uh, Ron Johnson out of Wisconsin. You know what I mean? You got some good people on the right. Well, at least I guess some good right-wingers mm-hmm. doing the right thing there. But, um, you know, uh, he he did he did serve at Gitmo and he was supposed to be a... a uh, 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 prisoner's advocate, and um, from what I heard, he was a bad man. But um, and you know, if you if you really go back to nine eleven, you got you got to pull back the veil on that. That that was an inside job. That was that that <laughs> you got Major General Stubblebine who spilled the beans on that, along with uh, let's see, uh, he he just. It basically said uh, that it was not a, a plane that hit the Pentagon. He said right. it was turbine. 
in the home. And Major General stopped by and was a straight shooter. And uh, of the Twin Towers, he said that's that was fraud, what we were told. Not to mention Building 7, you know, two planes, three buildings. You know, I mean, it's obvious. You just have to just open your eyes a little bit. And uh, whether it was Mossad, who was it, the uh, Jewish fellow who was uh, with the uh, War College, uh, who came out and said it was uh, the Mossad and uh, insiders. What was his name? Um, it'll come to me if I keep talking. But there was another military guy who retired who who uh, spoke out. Um, and uh, Also, uh, Bill, yeah. speaking of Trump, when you surround yourself with generals, how is that anti-swamp? How, yeah, how, yeah, exactly. How's that, how that anti-deep state? When you surround right. yourself with generals, not just surround yourself with generals, but then say mm-hmm. how great it is that you're surrounded by these wonderful generals. Yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a real joke. And I, I just have, I can't believe that people actually think by his bullshit that he's, you know, he's Mr. Outsider and uh, and he's fighting the system. And it's, 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 it's silly. Look, oh, it look, is silly. Look, what, it is what, silly. What, I, what I do understand is this, but this I don't think has anything to do with Trump's great, him being great, is that because he hasn't been a lifelong politician, right, because he came into politics and the political game at such a late age of 72, whatever it was, 71, and he ran for president and he won his first time out. This huh. is what annoyed a lot of establishment Republicans who believe you need to go up, move yourself up the ladder, right? There are people like Dick Cheney, the Cheneys. They've been against him from day one because he didn't kiss their ring. I get it. He didn't kiss their ring and ask them if he could run. He didn't get on the knee and ask them if he could run. He didn't ask for their endorsement. They want that kind of stuff. They want that uh, protocol, okay? And they didn't like it. They didn't like it that this guy with a lot of money, who was very popular through culture, came in and became president when none of them were able to become president. You know, so that that's what they hated about him. So, but this whole idea that they hated him because he was this great maverick outsider who was going to drain the swamp is is nonsense. That's not why they didn't like Donald Trump. They simply didn't like him because he wasn't one of them. He wasn't one of their circle. And that's why, the inner, inner circle. But I don't think that's any uh, great thing. I don't think that's anything to champion for Donald Trump. You know, it's just a matter of, there's, there's a hierarchy. You know, it's like any business where maybe you're in a business, maybe you're in a law firm, right? And you've worked there for 30 years and some, and some other guy comes in and all of a sudden he, he, he shoots his way to the top. And you think, wait a minute, what about me? I've been putting all these. So you're going to have hatred towards him and animosity towards that person. You might even try to do something to take them out. And that's, that's the same kind of thing. That's why the Cheneys at all don't like Donald Trump, because he's, he did it his way, didn't ask them for permission, went right through them. And you can't do that kind of thing. And that's that's why they don't like him. But it has nothing to do with him being this great outsider who's going to drain the swamp and uh, destroy the deep state. This is silly. Silliness. Well, you know, let me think about that. First, uh, let me say, I remember the name of the fellow I was thinking, Alan Sobrowski. He was mm-hmm. U.S. Army War College professor, former Marine, who commented on 9-11. Some to consider Jewish fellow who told it like it is. Um, uh, anyone interested, check out what he has to say about it. And uh, Wesley Clark about the taking out uh, seven countries in five years after that, but not really knowing why <laughs> why we were doing it, having no evidence to support it. Um, anyway, uh, uh, regarding what you're saying, um, 
Yeah, I, I you know, but I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here just a little bit because, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, he portrayed himself as a populist, Trump did, just like Obama did, uh, that was going to help the middle class and create change in the, in the system. Talked about how corrupt the system was and we got eight years of Obama leading us on to basically on a string, you know, carrot stick, the whole bullshit. Um, cause he was nothing but an insider as well as it turns out. Um, you know, backed by Chase Morgan picked his cabinet. Basically the four year emails reveal that and you look at his, his policies. And then, so we all want to change. And so in other words, I, they play this. It's like worldwide wrestling, Mike. You know, you got to play the media narrative and have all the world's a stage. So now you need a new populace, a new guy who's going to come along and he's going to change it. And he's going to, you know, to get the people motivated to go to the polls. You see what I mean? Yes. But ultimately, is you pull back the wrapper and it's stale. You know what I mean? It's yeah, the same yeah. old shit. Right. So I question, I, 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 sometimes I look at things from the standpoint, you know, of it just being political legal theater. You know? But sometimes you don't know yeah. what you're going to get until you get it. You yeah, have to try it too. sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we know, we know what Ron DeSantis has done in Florida, right? We know, right. Mm-hmm. we know the way he fought the, the COVID narrative from the Democrats, right. even from many in his own party. He fought it. Mm-hmm. He was right. They were all wrong. Uh, Florida's in great shape economically. He was able to get a lot of people across the political spectrum to vote for him the second time. Uh, so if, if Ron, De- and look, what Ron DeSantis is going to do, we, we see, I see the game plan, which is the Florida blueprint. That's what he's calling it. That might be his campaign slogan. Because he's, in other words, I'm good. what I did in Florida, I'm going to do for the rest of the country. Now, if he does that, why is that bad? If he's able to do that, why, why is that bad? It's a good thing. You know, if, if he's able to see what is right before other people can and do the right thing, if he has, uh, foresight, you know, if he's able to do that, yeah. um, that's a good thing. If he has that ability to not just follow the masses not just right. all the peer pressure, the pressure of people in his party or right. the majority of people in the country. Um, that's a good thing. Uh, if he doesn't, if he does, if he's not bullied, if he's not bullied by the press, right. um, and if he, if he's able once again to basically do what he did in Florida for the rest of the country, I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think he deserves a shot. I would like to see that. The only other concerns about him is he's kind of a neocon, and I think we need someone who's able to look at Ukraine. And say, well, wait a minute. What actions did we take? NATO expanding east of Germany repeatedly, pushing the boundaries. And what involvement do we have with the Maidan coup and the Minsk Accords? And you know, we brought that upon ourselves uh, for a desired goal, as Hillary Clinton said. That's going to be the new Afghanistan for Russia to basically drain Russia of resources. But to say. To yeah. say something like, and I'm 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 taking Ron DeSantis for his word. I think he's an honest guy. I think he's a lot more uh-huh. honest than Biden or Trump. That's for sure. But to, to I take him at his word when he says he's more concerned with our border than right. the borders of Ukraine and Russia. Well, that's, that's a good thing. Not, yeah. That's not a that's not a very neocon kind of a statement. No, that's true. I hadn't heard that yet. That's I hadn't right. heard that. Sorry, yet. you weren't here yet. Yes, that's what he said in the interview with Piers. He said I am much more interested in the border, our border with Mexico, than any border between Ukraine and Russia. And that's 
Not a very neocon thing to say. That's not something no, not. Lindsey yeah. Graham would say. Right, 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 right. So well, that's a good sign. I, I take him at his word that he's going to be, he's going to focus, and I think as governor of Florida, it's just going to be a natural for him. He's not coming, yeah. he's coming from a governor. He's, he's a governor, not a senator or a congressman. Right. So he's going to look at it from the idea of economy, economy mm-hmm. first. That's, mm-hmm. what he, that's what he's concerned with as governor of Florida, obviously, is economy. And mm-hmm. that's, it's going to be economy, domestic policy first. That mm-hmm. is the most important thing. That's very important. I agree, and I also think of the Republicans, and there are a lot who are uh, anti-vax. Uh, Trump's really weak in the knees now with that because he can't. He hasn't managed to pivot and say, you know, he has had plenty of opportunity to turn and say, you know, I was misled. And as it turns out, uh, Andrew Huff, Eco Alliance. I put a, a link in the live chat, by the way. Yeah. Who was VP of Eco Alliance? He was telling the truth. I didn't know. I was duped. He could. He could say that he was misled by certain by Fauci, and uh, and they had Red. It's Redcliffe, right? Robert Redcliffe or Redfield? Redfield, Redfield yeah. who was telling the truth. But you know, so you know, he's not a scientist. He could say he got misled. You know, Bolsonaro said that at one point, and he could say, "Look, at, I was wrong about." It. But he hasn't. He continues. The to, problem is the problem. A, Bill, he put yeah. so much into his Operation Warp Speed. Yeah. How many times did he say it was his thing, his thing, yeah, his right. thing, his thing? Right. And he, so, now he's put himself in the corner, has put himself in yes, a bad position. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. So what he should just simply do is stop talking about it. That too. I mean, he gets booed at his own rallies, doesn't he? See he that? does, yeah. Stop talking about it. People oh. in your party don't want to don't want to hear about the fucking vaccine anymore. Just shut up. Well, I, 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 I think that's true, but with, with the VP of Eco Alliance coming out now, and with, you know, the other fellow, Redcliffe, right? Did I say it right? Redfield, Redcliffe? I'm having Redfield. mental block. Redfield, hey, Redfield. Getting, yeah, it's Redfield. Redfield, thank you. Right. Okay. <laughs> I can see him, you know, I, but I'm just, there's so many names, you know, so many particulars nowadays. God, we got so much with the internet and, and it's great that we can see all these things around the world, but there's just so much to, keep in your noggin along with the cobwebs and the marbles you know what i'm saying so anyway so so when you he could say you know something i it wouldn't it's not his nature to say it it's not who he is but if he did i think it would help him at this point say look you know gee you know something i was misled by people in my cabinet when it comes to this and now i'm seeing it differently and but i think he may feel that would bring uh, more wrath upon uh, his administration and legal. Let's not forget the Brooke Jackson case. Oh, there's, by the way, in the live chat, I put in some great links. Kim Iverson interviewed Robert Barnes on the Brooke mm-hmm. Jackson uh, case. And there's a, a short three minute uh, synopsis on that. And then there's a longer uh, video, 30 odd minute video where Robert Barnes is going deeper into the Brooke Jackson Pfizer DOD fraud and the arguments and the, it's very interesting. I mean, to any lay person, you would say clearly there was fraud and clearly the government was involved and this needs to be rectified properly by the courts. But then you and I know how the courts work to protect the establishment and you never know what you're going to get out of them. You know what I mean? You know, who's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's absolute insanity. You right. know, walk away from the courts gone. That makes no sense whatsoever. 
You know, it's just the courts, you know. Right. So, like we see in the Dozinger case or, or in Chris Hedges when he challenges the National Defense Authorization Act. Remember what happened to him? I'm mm-hmm. freaking believable. What him and, you know. Yep. So, um, anyway, uh, that leaves a last note. Alex Jones is, a, a, of course, going to appeal, and he should. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've sent you some DMs, and I want to be uh, – it's your show. I don't want to go into, I'm, it could be a difficult discussion because I'm very, very strongly about the case laws, the federal case laws, about the uh, FBI crime tables, about the corroborating evidence to, 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 to basically prove, well, even the FOIA hearings, all the evidence lines up that this should all be, be dismissed. You know, anything brought against Alice Jones, and not because I'm an Alex Jones fan. That's not why I'm saying it. But if you start with the federal case laws that prohibit states from limiting free speech, if you look into what really constitutes malice, mm-hmm. doing reporting and on a FOIA hearing and sending Dave DeBondi there and having David Knight and covering the FOIA hearing, which was a series of, of Newtown, and state officials violating subpoena over and over and over again for material evidence and for witness. That's just reporting. There's no malice there. You see what I mean? That's yeah. reporting on, and, and there's no grounds to, and if you come back out of that with an opinion, you're allowed to have an opinion based on that type of, uh, uh, sworn uh, four hours, Mike, four hours with the FOIA hearings where subpoenas were constantly violated for material evidence and witnesses didn't appear. And, you know, normally that would result in uh, bench warrants for arrest. You know what I mean? Right. But why it didn't, I have no idea because it should have. And then it should have been adjudicated in civil, but of course we know that went to default judgment in civil based on the technicality claiming that Alice Jones didn't provide uh, some non-specified financial documents. Well, you know something, Mike? You know, you got to prove malice, you know? And it has to be within the statutes. Right. And, and you know, <laughs> bankruptcy court is where the financials are handled. You see what I mean? You see what I'm saying? You know, you got to prove malice. You get a judgment based on material aspects of evidence and uh, evidence from um, uh, what you would call uh, emotional duress and reputational duress, and you come up with the damage defamation within the statute, which, by the way, that lawsuit was filed well after the statutes, which is a whole other matter. But, but, um, and then whether it can be paid is handled in bankruptcy court. That's when the financials are addressed. Not in the beginning. Right. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. now there's this $1.4 billion. You know, of course he's going to go to bankruptcy court. and challenge. First of all, he's going to appeal it, which he has every right to do. You know, that's the court system. You have a right to appeal it. You see what I'm saying? However, you know, not to mention if we go right back to, and I've, I've sent you the crime table, table eight, 2012 for Connecticut, which cites you know, murders in towns in Connecticut. Newtown is a town that Sandy Hook is in. And in Table A, 2012, FBI crime table cites zero murders. 
Zero. Right. That's material evidence. When you go into court, that's material evidence. Now, it, so people want to claim, well, the state police were grossly negligent and didn't report it properly to the FBI. Well, how do you then justify the claim where there's an FBI agent who ends up with a $90 million settlement because his feelings were hurt? But, but he couldn't write in the right numbers. Uh, when, you know, he was in charge of the case and he was involved, but he couldn't write the number. The number of murders in, you know, the murder column. You know, I mean, come on, Mike. You know, at some point, we saw our government lie about weapons of mass destruction. We saw our government lie about whether or not there was, uh, you know, remember the red light in the sand regarding Dumas and whether or not there was actual uh, international prohibition of chemical weapons, whistleblowers, along with Aaron Mate and Colonel Wilkerson saying that didn't happen. You see what I mean? Or you remember what got us into Desert Storm, supposedly Iraqi soldiers taking babies out of incubators. That turned out to be a fraud. Our government has lied us into military operations from the Gulf of Tonkin to even if you go back to Spadley Butler, wars a racket, the first two world wars. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, even the... the uh, um, you know, the Pentagon Papers. I mean, what makes anyone believe that they wouldn't lie to us about domestic events? That we, we, it's for an agenda. I mean, right. this is, you see what I'm saying? Of course. So, so when you have, when you have FOIA hearings that are under testimony, when you have documents, when you have material evidence, and by the way, when material evidence is withheld, that's a ch- cause for, uh, uh, quasi-criminal charge of contempt and perjury. And the reasons why that didn't happen, I have no idea, because they should have. The judge was grossly negligent in those FOIA hearings. There's no excuse for that. Right. Anyone could look up those FOIA hearings using a browser, alternative browser like Yandex, like I did, and watch them and scratch their head going, what the hell is going on here? So, you know, you know, I look at things from that perspective because I know the media is bought since the Smith Modernization Act. The State Department can buy out literally mainstream media if it suits their whatever the narrative they want to push. Of course, whether it's for anything, any which, they want to push. Exactly. 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 Hey, Bill, Bill, let me let you go. I'm going to read a couple of other stories. All right, Mike, thanks for letting me get that all in. I appreciate it. No problem. God bless you. Um, So (laughs) I'm just reading some stuff about Epstein Island. Epstein was tweeting, was tweeting, was trending. It's always always, uh, entertaining when Epstein trends (laughs) on on Twitter. Uh, And, of course, there's a lot, there's a lot, look. There's a lot going on with this Epstein stuff that we, we haven't been told. There's so many those clients that we don't know about, the client list, uh, all these celebrities, these these left-wing celebrities, some right-wingers too, but certainly a lot of left-wingers. They're the most hypocritical ones who uh, who visited Epstein's island. Evidently, Antonio Sabato Jr., uh, one of the few non-wacko lefto celebrities, wrote that Rob Reiner is so obsessed with making sure Trump goes to jail that he forgot he made over 17 trips to Epstein Island. And then there's a photo. If you go to Antonio Sabato Jr.'s uh, Twitter feed, there's this photo. It, all right. A guy on a beach that's supposedly Epstein Island. I'm not sure if it is, but it's, it's supposed to be. In a Speedo who looks like Rob Reiner. It's absolutely, it'll make you, the picture might not, make sure you're not eating anything while you're looking at the photo. 
But it certainly looks like it. Is it definitely Rob Reiner? I don't know. But it certainly looks a lot like Rob Reiner. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. There's so much about that story that we don't know. And, of course, with Epstein, my, my opinion is the reason why they keep all of this secretive and they keep on hinting at revealing stuff but they don't is to make it all look more like a big conspiracy theorist and you have a tinfoil hat if you believe anything bad went on on Epstein Island and any of these people that visited Epstein Island multiple times did anything wrong. You see, that's what you do. These people throw so much, uh, I'd say, shit at the fan, or I don't know if a better analogy of it, but they throw so much stuff on the wall that they hope it really uh, uh, blunts the real effect of it or makes it so crazy that everyone who believes something went wrong there, that bad things happened on that island, seem like conspiracy theorists. When we know that there was crazy stuff going on there, we know this guy was a pedo. We know Ghislaine Maxwell was a pedo. And uh, to say they were the only two pedos <laughs> and nobody else that went to their island multiple times was a pedo is absolutely insane. Once again, there's no common sense to that. There's no common sense to that. So when you see like celebrities like Jimmy Kimmel or other people pretending or saying that anyone who talked about Epstein Island is wearing a tinfoil hat, you then must wonder about that person and what are they hiding, right? Right? What are they hiding? So someone put out, if you go on the, uh, I guess if it's Twitter and you go under the, the Epstein uh, trending thing, there's a whole bunch of articles. And someone put up a, uh, a video of, of uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And it looks like it might be back during the movie. Remember he said something called The Man Show uh, and with Adam Carolla? And Adam Carolla has not been, has, is not a hypocrite like Jimmy Kimmel. So Jimmy Kimmel was like, he had this man show. It was called The Man Show, right? Uh, and the show was supposedly, you know, sometimes it was very, it was not it was not woke. It was often misogynistic. It was like non-woke, non-politically correct humor. And Adam Carolla has not been a hypocrite. He has stayed within that humor. He is not a left wing, you know, virtue signaler like Jimmy Kimmel's become this crying. All of a sudden he, he goes from having a man show to be a crying left wing, wimpy virtue signaler Oscar host because he knows where the big money was. So it's a totally it's a total act. And someone put up a video of him and Adam Carolla. And there's this woman who is, I think it looks like it's on the, uh, it looks like it's on the promenade in Brooklyn Heights. And she's looking into one of those viewfinders, you know, where you can look at the horizon or you can look into the water and Jimmy Kimmel's behind her. And while she's looking, he's bending down to her, her, he's putting his hands near her ass, squeezing, going down, putting his tongue near her ass, doing all these totally misogynistic things, pretending to fuck her from behind while she's looking through the viewfinder. So this is the stuff Jimmy Kimmel did before he was before he sold out and all of a sudden became this crying, wimpy, left-wing virtue signaling, which is very much probably started out as an act and became who he is. That's what happens, you know. Um, and so he's also making these comments on his show about, you know, he said uh, something like Jimmy Kimmel claimed Aaron Rodgers is a tinfoil hatter for wanting to know the names of the Jeffrey Island, uh, Jeffrey Epstein client list. So you have to wonder if Jimmy Kimmel is part is one of the clients of Jimmy Kimmel had uh, had visited uh, Epstein Island. And so there's a lot more to that story. It's just a matter of combing through all the nonsense that they purposely throw out there to make it all look like it's a big conspiracy theory.
God. All right, some good news. Some good news. Uh, there's a couple of things that have happened in court regarding COVID that are, that's good. Uh, Biden's order that federal employees get vaccinated against COVID-19 has just been blocked by a federal appeals court. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans rejected arguments that Biden has the same authority as a CEO of a private company. And by the way, C- the CDC does not require their employees to be vaccinated. So why should any company, if the CDC doesn't require their employees to be vaccinated, why should any corporation, any company require their employees to be vaccinated? That's, 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 that's what I'd like to know. That's my, that's my question. But that's one good one. And there's been others. Once again, whenever, whenever, anything regarding COVID and the mandates and all that stuff. Oh, here, oh, here it is. The Georgia House approves blocking COVID vaccine mandates. Any COVID-19 vaccine requirement by public schools, state agencies, or local governments will be blocked under legislation that was given final approval by the Georgia House on Thursday. So what we're seeing now is finally, I know a lot of people are like, well, too little, too late. And yes, it is too little, too late. Or maybe better late than never, if you want to look at a glass half, a glass half full kind of way. But I think a reason why this needs to be done is there are still companies, there are still universities, right? There are still organizations that are, are requiring this nonsense in the year 2023 and no, with no end date. So this stuff is necessary. So it really isn't too late. It's, it's, it's at a point now where even these places where they've said, let's wait and see, are now to the point where enough is enough. Enough is enough. We have to end this. We have to get back to actual normal, not, not the new normal, not the new normal, actual normal. I don't want any normal. I'm not dealing with. It. I'm not living in a, in a in a world of new normal. I want I want pre 2022 2020 normal. That's what I want. Gator, do you want pre 2020 normal? Yeah, but you don't get it by adding legislation to ever more legislation. You get it by repealing the legislation that was put in place since the pandemic kicked off and reestablishing the normal based on what was there before, but. That isn't to say that. So you have. So in the, in Britain we have this coronavirus twenty twenty act. That's just been stealth extended again for another six months to September. That's literally not even appeared in the press, right? So so we're being conned now. If you want to, the, the use. I, I agree in this case that with legislation that is designed to completely prevent the mandating of medical treatment, because we've now seen. What can happen in absence of that? I agree that that protective legislation, provided it's specific and well-worded, is an addition that could have value. But you have to focus on repeal as well. And if people do not take out these laws that they've put in, then you're fucked because it'll happen again. And an example of that morphing of legislative power is also the uh, WHO International Health Regulations and the ceding of power to the WHO to mandate or control our response to what it determines to be a health emergency. That should be destroyed immediately. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, if if that's not happening, we're ineffective as human beings in protecting our own interests. Right. But this, like I said, this stuff should have happened two years ago. Right. I, I get it. It really should have. So, you know, people, but people have said to me, okay, why now are they doing this? Well, like I said, because a lot of these companies and, and universities don't want to drop this. So it's a good, it's good though. I see what you're saying. 
but it's good that they're being forced to drop it now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean a, uh, you know. but also think about the the, the sort of um, the, the okay. So the force of madness um, is 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 huge, right? And and the sunk costs and the sort of sunk pride in being an institution or an organization that has gone along with stuff because you were ignorant as anybody else mm-hmm. and you just followed the government and the, and, the, and, the, and, and, and what, and you did what you were told because you were a good Nazi, right? Some, some people in that situation will, will, will have, will rationally back off when eventually enough evidence is presented. And sometimes that bar isn't that high. So it happens sooner for some people and it eventually happens for others. There are other people who for many reasons will never back off mm-hmm. because they can't either take the pride hit they can't admit they were wrong or actually they're completely perversely incentivized to, to continue. And, and an example of that is any talking head that is allied or paid by Gates, the WEF and Moderna and Stefan Bansell, the CEO of Moderna is one of those people under direct questioning by Rand Paul. He lied multiple times in Congress just the other day when he was being asked about myocarditis, and re- relating to the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines, um, what he knew about that, when, and uh, what he's done with his children, and whether or not any of this stuff is appropriate for children in relation to other to, 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 to health views around the world. He was just lying. So that guy is never going to back off the idea that we need to be in this endless loop of pandemic madness because he's completely perversely incentivized to, to maintain a lie. Right. Yes, there's no doubt about it. You know, um, I, I think that is, it, is, it, is that why why was Boris Johnson trending today? Is there a reason? Do you know why Boris um, Johnson was trending well, today? What was that under hashtag twat? <laughs> is that, is that, yeah. yeah, I think it was. I think it was hashtag well, he's, twat. He's, he's obviously in this um, party gate thing which is essentially the prime minister broke some rules and had some people for piss ups after work in Downing street. That's, that's the, the, the narrative distraction tool that's being deployed. So that's probably why he's trending a lot. And oh, also okay. just... because it's, because it's literally a distraction, right? Oh, because, okay. because it seems it's being, t- we're being told by our press that that's a very important thing. And it's not, it, it's, it's literally not because the consequences of it are small and gone now. Mm-hmm. But we're being told to look at that shiny object while um, the banking crisis is happening, the, the Ukraine war is being perverted, and mm-hmm. also whilst our health uh, service is being uh, destroyed, you know, and all mm-hmm. these other things. It's just it's just distraction nonsense. Okay, I, was just, I thought I thought it might have been something else. I thought maybe he got COVID again. I was wondering if that's what it was. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, it's. Um, you know, look, I, I think that with, with COVID, the most important thing is, is I, I've talked about this, is, is punishment, right? And I know no one believes it's going to happen. I probably don't believe it's going to happen. But I think that I, I want to see Fauci go to jail. I do. In fact, if Fauci went to jail, I'd be happy. I'd, I'd, I'd shut up. That would be, that would be good for me. Be, I, think that, I think that would be the best thing that could happen. And uh, I think then people in the future would uh, think twice before doing what they did. So that's, that's what has to happen. We need to make sure that it's written in history books 
that these people were wrong. They caused so much death and destruction, and they were punished for it. So people in the future, in future generations, remember, this might not happen for another half century or century. We'll all be gone. You know, those people need to look back and say, wow, wow, look at this. We don't want to do that. Look, look, at, what, look at what happened. That's what needs to happen, Gator. And I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that will happen, but I, I, I don't know for sure. What do you think? I know you're probably more negative about it, right? Okay, so yeah, I mean, sure, I, I would, I would, I would support any of the um, people in the, in the, in the, in any levels of government who can be demonstrably have shown to have gone along with this, whether you're as bad as Fauci or less bad, being jailed. I totally back that, right? But I also believe that for you to say I'd be happy if Fauci got nailed, and and sort of that seems as though that was enough, is you basically falling into a trap, which is this. At the end of the financial crisis of 2008, four traders were banged up in the US for less than 18 months apiece, as though they were, and they were marketed as being the guys who caused it. Total lie, right? Um, and they were, it was done because they were just four guy targets, right? Mm -hmm. Putting Anthony Fauci in jail and then calling it quits would be exactly the same mechanism, and you would be settling for nothing because, because, because what he is, is not an is not he may be an a, an aspect of its architecture, but he is not the the whole symphony. And what you need to be dealing with on the on, with this, and this is why it's such a big problem, is it because it is a big problem, and you need this endless tedious grind to destroy the symphony, mm -hmm. right? Not just take out what you think is the conductor because he isn't the conductor he's 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 a he's a he's a puppet conductor mm -hmm. and that's that's the problem with this you need to destroy the orchestra you do and uh, that would be the best case scenario but i think that because my expectations are so low you know i would i would i wouldn't mind if one of the chief architects was taken was taken out you know, if one of the chief architects got the punishment he deserves you know uh, i think I don't know. Uh, let's look at, let's look at, I know people, I know people get upset and uncomfortable when I compare what happened to, to Nazism and Hitler and all that. But let's say, uh, what would you put, let's, let's put it this way, Gator. Let's, let's compare COVID, the COVID era to the not to the Third Reich. Mm -hmm. Where would you put Fauci, okay, back then? Like if Fauci were around back then and one of the, where would you put him on the totem pole of that he is he is in the he is at the board level directorship but he is not he is below um hitler so he so is you he, would he not is, you would not put him in hitler's category no hmm. because because he did not um he was one of many people contributing to enabling and, and and working towards certain a certain setup in the world but mm. did did uh, did anthony fauci sit behind a desk and come up with a singular vision no it's an what, amalgamation what about, of many of, of many interests well, i guess the most obvious uh, comparison would be mengele right possibly yeah that would be a possible one what, what, what would you i mean you don't think people would have would have really Let's say we're talking 1950, 1950, late 40s, early 50s. If 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 Mengele was was locked up, you don't think that would have satisfied? Well, look, look. Well, it's yeah, tough. but the Nazi war trials, mate. How many Nazis did get locked up? Plenty. 
quite right. a lot. But no right? one of that, no one of that level, though. You know, of the, but, of the top. yeah, um, because yeah. because um, because we all know that what really happened in Nuremberg was a whitewash, right? A limited yeah. number of fall guys were 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 put away. Loads of them were taken over via Operation Paperclip to the US and integrated fundamentally into the United States social, political, financial and scientific communities. A lot of them were allowed to escape to South America and, a lo and, and the rest were left alone in Germany to reintegrate. Right. Yeah. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. And there was some later on, there was some Nazi prison guards who obviously were 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 prosecuted and jailed but those are tokens obviously yeah, yeah exactly it's irrelevant uh, yeah. isn't it there were yeah. loads of prison guards you'd have to be eradicating essentially anyone who was in the wehrmacht in order right. for you to say well we, we've pretty much denazified the the, the uh, uh, germany without killing civilians right right um of course the big the the biggest problem in the comparison is that everyone would agree that Everyone now would agree that those were incredible atrocities, but you're not going to find the majority of people now thinking that the COVID era were atrocities that were if the, the atrocity to most to most people, the majority of people. I know you hate when I do this, Gator, but I'm going to do it anyway. The, the atrocity to the majority of people think the virus caused the atrocity. They don't believe the people, the politicians, the policies caused all the atrocities. So to most people, that's why most people would think I'm crazy for comparing the two. They say, of course, the Holocaust was atrocities perpetrated by politicians. But this wasn't. Right? Yeah. This wasn't. Well, look, I agree with you. I agree with you. OK, but there are two ways of looking at it. One of them is that if you go onto One World in Data and you look for the supposed total number of global deaths, I think it's around six to seven million apparently from covid right which mm -hmm. is technically actually with covid right yeah right, seven, exactly. seven million people around the world have died yeah. now if you if you take and make the assumption that 50 percent of the globe was infected with covid and that's mm -hmm. more than were mm -hmm. right so you're being generous mm -hmm. that gives you a kill rate of 0.17 percent and a survivability rate of 99.83 percent Right. It's one of the most survivable fucking diseases in the world, even yes. if you're over generous at how bad it, it, it how many people it affected. Well, right? So what you're saying is if you if you have any kind of real sense, common sense and believe in numbers, the atrocity could not have been from a virus. Correct. Right. So the response is totally disproportionate. Right? Well, I agree. Most people you're, are not going to be again, you're preaching to the choir here. Yeah. But and, and most so, people, the perception would be. Exactly. Because their perception zero. doesn't come yeah right. because their perception doesn't come from asking that question their perception doesn't come from finding the answer their perception comes from what they're told yes absolutely by whatever they look at absolutely absolutely and that's what you can't defeat and there's nobody who can say except for the you know, you know maybe the most extreme neo nazi nut job that would that would that would consider mengele and uh, and hitler to be heroes but look at this country and the world and how many people think fauci is this incredible hero Forget about being forget Gator. Forget about what we believe being being a really evil person. They believe the exact hundred degree opposite that he's a hero and that he saved lives. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but, <laughs> believe yeah. this guy saved lives. How? Yeah, but you, How? well, okay, because right, because they were told to think that early on, right? 
And what's most important in narrative control is what do you spike in the brain at the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And then you gently reinforce fire small spikes periodically afterwards. As long as you establish that pattern at the beginning, you control somebody's thought process, right? And that's what's happened. Why, why was Fauci the Netflix film produced a, a year ago? Why is Fauci the doll available two years ago, right? <laughs> because, doll. yeah, that's true, right? And, 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 you know, and he, I mean, you know, with like, there's a, there's like, um, he, he comes with a big syringe and a hole in his anus as well. Right? <laughs> okay. Now that's all about this management of perception, isn't it? Right. Yeah. People are not, people are not, are still not choosing to look at scientific evidence. Right. So when you go on Twitter, what you're looking, I mean, and this is the true toxicity of Twitter. You go onto Twitter have you, do you know who Jicky Leaks is on Twitter? Who? Jicky Leaks. Jicky Leaks? No. Right. Okay. Hold on. So how, you, how, do you, how do you spell it? J I K Y L E A L E A K S. Oh, Jicky Leaks. Okay, hold on. Yeah, Jicky. he's a little mouse. Okay. It's a little this mouse. Guy, this guy is likely to be British, but uh, but he's in a, he's based in Australia. He's an, he's clearly a scientific expert in multiple fields with the analytical power to, uh, and, and I also know that, with the, that I'm in the networks that he's in. Um, basically, he has been constantly 20 to 40 hours worth of work a week, almost what, always. He, has he been pandemic. banned from Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's back oh, now. Oh, okay, he, okay. Right? Looking at it, says the account no longer exists. Yeah, okay. Well, just, just type in Jicky Leaks into the search and you'll find you'll find his, whatever account he's running under now, right? But anyway, it's... um. He he has constantly been putting out scientific analysis based on peer reviewed and 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 um, preprint and constantly looking into all of this. And he's right about his his analysis is correct. One of the latest things that he's he's pointing out is the suspicions that the stuff not the LNPs not only cross the blood brain barrier but they also cross the placental barrier and now being demonstrated to be true. And and in fact, there was a, there was evidence that that was likely anyway from um, twenty twenty based um, twenty twenty published Pfizer data. Mm-hmm. And he's now, I mean, it's called placenta. He's hashtag placentagate is what he's running it under. Okay. Now, when you, when you know about those sources and all the connections of the networks that he's connected to, which is what I've been paying attention to since it started, you understand the gap between the average guy. And that amount of information, and it's fucking huge, and it's getting bigger every day. People are not doing anything to close that gap for themselves, right? right? They're just waiting for the narrative handle to be given to them to tell them lockdown wasn't handled correctly because the Telegraph told me that because the Telegraph ran a limited hangout called the, te- the lockdown files, right? Which they've just been publishing over the last couple of weeks, and the, and the, and that's a political maneuvering job to maintain the perception that this is purely the fault of a limited number at the top of government, right? Nothing to do with corporations, nothing to do with toxicity of vaccines, nothing to do with anything else, nothing to do with money. It's about incompetent, sociopathic, narcissistic people like Matthew Hancock, Boris Johnson, probably Dominic Cummings, a few Mm. other spads and a a few other tightly knit um, people inside the British government who buggered up the lockdown for British, for the British. It's not true. It's a, it's a limited hangout, right? Right. And, and so, and, and now when you go on Twitter, right, Jicky Leaks has just posted um, an example 
of a chat GPT response to a question which looks exactly like the responses in that field of a particular person on Twitter who is arguing that Placentagate isn't real, right? And what and, and this is now becoming prevalent. If you now look around and say, how how much of, of AI chatbots are responsible for communications and presence on the web, particularly in social media? The answer is way more than we think, and we don't even know how to quantify it. Right. So when you go into Twitter and you start interacting with people, not only are you having to worry about is the well blue tick or no blue tick, are they real? Can I tell from certain indicators? Even if you think you believe you're talking to somebody human, the chances are you have absolutely zero ability to determine whether that's true just by reading the stuff. You have to go in and do analysis to work out who's real on Twitter. Right. Right. And if if, if, I, if I can control that on my side, I'm bending your brain from the second you log into Twitter. That's what's going on here. So, you know, people, thick people have got no chance in, in the perception management game. Well, I just looked up, I looked up the account. It's a really good account. I'm going through as we're talking. Yeah, this placenta gate is a big thing here. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really now to the point of, I, I, I don't know how much more people want it. People have, people have like criticized me. They're like, why do you keep talking about COVID? I say, well, you know, I don't talk about COVID all the time, but I talk about it a lot because it's a big deal. I mean, it's, it's I, once again, I, I, it's it's like it would be like if I did this show in 1940, you know, seven, 48 and was talking about the Holocaust. But why are you still talking about the Holocaust? You know, I don't think anyone would even say that. But that's like it's a big thing. It, it ruined us. It ruined children. It ruined Jay Bhattacharya is continuing to put out stuff to show how many kids it has ruined and how many kids lives it has ruined and i'll probably get into it tomorrow because he put up an article about it and he's posting about it the data that's coming in now to show how it has set back children in in, in the countries where they had lockdowns especially like in this country and some others where they locked down schools and kids weren't allowed to go to school they had to do learning from home how much damage it's done and how we are <laughs> Once again, man, just like the Holocaust, where it affected families and generations and generations of Jewish families, and that hurt, that that extreme hurt continued and continues in these families. This is going to, man, the, we're going to see the damage that this has done for decades, for decades. So it's not like a thing that just happened and now it's over and we're going to move on from it. It should have been that, but it wasn't because of of the policies that we talk about here all the time on this show right so i i think that we have to keep talking about it. i'm sorry i don't want to say hashtag never forget but yeah hashtag never forget we need to keep talking about this because we don't want them to do it again and we want to make sure people understand the damage these people done and how these people do not belong have, having any kind of real power over over our lives, including that schmuck hashtag twat with the bad hair in your country. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, but and, and, okay. and yet and yet has it been a, has been a punishment for Boris Johnson. No, uh, no, nothing of nothing of meaning. Every, everything that's happened to Boris Johnson is not punishment, right? <laughs> right. Because because the way that the political cycle is set up, 
and the system is set up is that all people in power are essentially inside a, a self-serving system but mm -hmm. and it's connected externally to a reinforcing reward system which is the revolving door right right so even when you fail upwards into a political position and then you fail outwards out of the political system where do you end up you end up rewarded inside the corporate system because they were the masters you were really serving boris johnson has made 5 million pounds since he left office but nobody really knows what he's doing because he's being paid off by corporate masters right tony blair um, did exactly the same thing he's now got a property portfolio publicly worth at least 30 million pounds and he's probably overall worth in the into the hundreds of millions of pounds if you can work out where his offshore entities you know actually operate and what they do because and he and he, and he looks like satan for a reason right because 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 that was because his job was co-opted eventually to and he agreed to do the bidding of essentially corporatistic neocon powers that reward him continuously that's why he's he's a tool that was rolled out for no reason whatsoever to back the bill gates statements about digital id about vaccination and about what covid was yet he's completely unqualified to do that right right and so was bill gates but, but uh, and, and we 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 lap this shit up because we're fucking idiots most of us right hey and, most of us right and the problem with being an idiot is this is that you are on a permanent lag of a curve right yes. you're not even on the curve right? right you're never on the curve but you never admit you're never on the curve so you wander around with your smart ass soap uh, apparent informed opinion which came from the new york times if you can read or it came from the daily star if you can't Right. Mm -hmm. And you walk around telling people who are roughly around you, close to you, who are probably on a similar level to you, that you that your opinion matters. And, and, and then you end up in arguments and convincing people of your righteousness. Right? right. That's the basic game. Turns out that because you're nowhere near the curve, eventually, after five years, somebody turned around and sh says to you, you know what? The, the, the newspapers say that we were all wrong. And then you go, all right, OK, well, we got that wrong then. But I was told the wrong thing anyway, so it's not my fault. Right. And then, and then you forget it and move on. That's why, that's why people don't talk about Iraq anymore. That's why people don't talk about Afghanistan anymore. Because when you realize you're wrong, the easiest thing to do is to fucking forget and never talk about it again. Right? Well, that's thank, what we're going through with COVID. Yeah, thank you for turning me on to Jicky Leaks. He has some great stuff on here. Honestly. Uh, and it's at, it's at Jicky, J-I-K-K-Y, Leaks. Yeah, so, so if, you, if you want to be really lazy, that is one of the only guys you need to follow because his inherent connections when he and he's so prolific on twitter it, it was a point of frustration recently which i'd sent him a message a big long support message about but he he will give you the connection network that you need to follow and he, if you don't follow anyone else just follow that because there's enough critical science that goes in through there that will basically constantly blow up everything that you ever thought was was could have been possibly true about covid it's it's not you know that is reliable single source right right so so i would uh, you know support him and retweet it and share it because the amount of work that that person does is phenomenal and and it's right as well thank you gator thanks for the call no worries thank you thank you sure all right uh, let me see here let me go to andrew and then we'll go to uh, daniel let me go to Andrew. Hey, Andrew, how's it going? Did that work? Hi, I was lagging there, Mike. Oh, there you go. Are you there? Yeah, okay. I'm here. Hey. Um, 
So, yeah, I just wanted to back up and expand on what Gator was saying a little bit about kind of the information system with Twitter. And I'm sure you're familiar with the Twitter files, congressional testimony that Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger did recently. And Absolutely. Yeah. They're talking about what they actually talked about in Congress is kind of that they were going to break that uh, story that day and continue talking about it as their next story was the uh, COVID files, essentially, where true information about vaccine side effects was uh, banned on Twitter and other, uh, well, I'm sure other social media, but they obviously are dealing with Twitter files. So basically Stanford, are you familiar with this or should I? Go ahead. Okay, yeah. So Stanford basically had a program that they were working with some uh, NGO from the fucking, you know, Alliance for Protecting Democracy or something along those lines. One of these cutouts that's funded through our government. And they were targeting stories that they basically they characterized as would uh, possibly increase hesitancy was their word. In, in the public to take the vaccine. So regardless of the truth content of a story about a vaccine side effect, that information was sought to be suppressed on the basis that it would potentially increase hesitancy. If this oh, doesn't yeah. fundamentally destroy the concept of informed consent, right. I don't know what does. And it's yeah. not that a private in group was doing this. This was directed by our government indirectly. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you know, they weren't given the orders by the government, but they get the money from the organizations that come from the government. They can talk to these people. They understand what the message is, right? It's of not course. a conspiracy to understand these the, the message here. And just the, the fact that there is a regime, a hidden regime to suppress this information it totally gets rid of uh, to me it means that the vaccine programs were at least in the west uh, for sure in america they were the largest scale of violations of medical ethics in history and some people knew they were violating those ethics because or at least could have known because they were the ones suppressing real information yeah to me that's when it crosses the threshold of, you know, they, they're pushing policies you don't like, you know, they say it's got to be mandated because it, you know, we say it prevents you from getting it. And we just had the wrong data and all science changes. I can almost go along with that. But when you get to the point where there are hidden, literal, and this is like a, a cottage industry now where people are making money doing this with this, like with what Stanford and this group are doing which is hunting down information that increases hesitancy regardless of truth content. And well, somehow this is not, this, this should be, in my opinion, your strongest argument Mike, right. about the whole entire thing. Well, you talk about like that Stanford virality project, right? It was the one, yes. it was the latest Twitter dump, the latest. Yes. Twitter dump. Yeah. Uh, and to me, this is your strongest argument that regardless of what you're feeling are on the policies, your science, whatever, you cannot have informed consent, which is required in medical ethics, if the information is being suppressed at the direction of the government. That, of course. that could increase hesitancy. That's, that's tautological. It's by definition. Right. What these people did, Andrew, is they basically 
pulled this stuff out of their ass, okay? They pulled a lot of it out of their ass. And they knew a lot of what they were doing was bullshit. They lied about it. They lied about studies that weren't done yet. They made comments, very, very concrete sort of uh, uh, comments that Walensky made and Fauci made on television um, that were, this is based, this is the, this is the, this is the 100% truth fact when they knew there were nothing to back that up. So they, they did a lot of this. They made a lot of these statements that they didn't, they didn't, uh, present them as being, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. We need more data. They made these statements saying this is definitely gonna, this is definitely the deal. Nothing more so than the vaccines stop to spread. If you get these vaccines, you're not going to get COVID. There was even even that statement. There was no evidence that proved that at that time. When they made those statements, there was not any evidence that proved those statements were correct or true or honest or scientifically correct. But what they did was they pretty much made the bet that people would um, excuse them. People would give them a lot of slack or rope because this is a new thing. This is a once in a lifetime thing that we're dealing with. So, uh, and a lot of people I talk to say that they go, okay, Mike, you're right. You're right. Okay. You were right. They were wrong, but you know what? They did their best with a bad situation. We know that's total bullshit. The once in a lifetime pandemic thing is total bullshit, but they have to present it that way. To in order to to excuse everything they were wrong about, it's a once in a lifetime thing. We've tried our best. We got some things right. We got a lot of things wrong. Okay, next time we'll do better. And that's total bullshit. That's total bullshit. That's why we have to refute them, as Gator just did in his call, talking about the amount of people who really died of COVID and the and the mortality rate and the survival rate. This was not a once in a lifetime incredible, devastating pandemic virus. It wasn't. But they have to present it as that in order for people to say, okay, we'll give you a pass. We'll give you a pass. So, Andrew, that's the game they played. They figured that they could always later on say, oh, well, we tried our best. Yeah, well, that's what they're going to do, and that's what they're doing now. It's the whole, the science changed. And, you know, to, to me... There's so much about COVID that is obviously, you know, I don't even know what the word for it is. It's it's like an upside down world. Just the mask issue alone, uh, things changing back and forth, the science changing, Fauci statements. But to me, you know, and whether or not people were dying of COVID and or with COVID, the whole, the whole. The whole principle underlying any of this is that we are allowed as people to make decisions based on information we are gathering on what, I mean, these these social media sites are where people get information. I mean, they're not walking down to the, you know, <laughs> the public square and looking at the bulletin board. They're going on social media sites. And to the degree that this was happening on social media, I'm sure there were other organizations directing mainstream media on what mm-hmm. to say and whatnot. But the, 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 the idea that Americans had their speech suppressed, telling true stories. So, for example, I have a story about the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I started getting uh, pains in my leg, sharp pains in my left leg. 
the week after getting the first shot and okay. it was the Pfizer and then it continued. And this, after I got the second um, shot for the first dose, I, it kept happening and got worse to where I was feeling it multiple times a day for every day for like weeks. And only as of like three or four months ago, has that stopped at all? So like, it, 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 I haven't had it since, but um, I don't know if that was a vaccine side effect. I, you know, it could have been a lot of things. Maybe it was COVID. How am I supposed to know? Who am I supposed to tell? The pharmacist that I, you know what I mean? Yeah. This, the right. whole, but then it's not even that we don't have any way to report these side effects that makes any sense. There's the VAERS data is constantly dismissed, which is the one way people can report their right. vaccine side effects. And now the true stories we're finding out that are verifiably true of vaccine side effects that might make people hesitant to take the vaccine were banned. That totally, at, at that point, I, right. I don't, you should, it shouldn't be about whether a vaccine works or not. It shouldn't even be about science. It shouldn't be about whether people were lying to us. The, it, it, it's just the fundamental ability for people to go look for information and make an informed decision was fundamentally, and it wasn't a mistake that this happened. It wasn't right. a fact right. of nature. It right. was a driven program. And that's, and that's and the it point. Was hidden. Right. right. And that's the point right there. That's also, that also uh, um, puts holes in their argument of, okay, it was a once in a lifetime thing. We tried our best. Well, if it's no, a that's once in a lifetime, procedure. right. If it's a once in a lifetime thing, you're right. There are procedures that go along with these things, right? Obviously ahead of time. But if it's this once in a lifetime thing and you're so overwhelmed, why not uh, allow other opinions? Why not allow Jay Bhattacharya's opinion? Why not take the Great Barrington Declaration and, and as a proposal? Why not allow all of these opposing opinions to the mainstream Fauci slash Walensky slash Burke's narrative? Why not allow it all? Why not allow these people to help you? Make it's your the, informed the, decisions. Right? It's the same reason that they won't allow information about Ukraine. It's it's all tied together in the sense that they don't want th – there's a censorship movement out there. And I think this is really a problem that's underlying a lot of aspects of our society right now that believes that experts need to dictate things. Those experts are chosen by some mysterious pantheon on high that no one gets to actually know who they are. Um, and then those experts have their opinions disseminated. And if those opinions have uh, conflict, if they find, uh, you know, opposition, those people are just disinformation, malinformation. I mean, they came up with a we had a attempt to make a department of disinformation. And it mm -hmm. turns out that we didn't need the department because the programs are already in place. And, it, it, you know, that's that's the problem to me is we can't even have, uh, as Gator was saying, you know, dull people might not be able to find the right information. Well, we, they're being, everybody is having their uh, attention and their ability to speak siphoned off into one specific narrative. Like you said, it's not about solving a, a, a virus. It's not, it's not about winning a war in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. It's about establishing who can have, who can set the, uh, correct opinions in society yep. and yep. fundamentally that's what the twitter files showed to me with that covid thing and i just feel like uh you know i'm not as 
deep into the vaccine stuff as you are and all that, but I just feel as to, to back you up, that, that is actually your strongest point that could, you know, appeal to people that don't necessarily even agree with you on everything about COVID because their rights were (laughs) undermined. But the problem, the problem, the problem with those people, Andrew is so many of them don't believe the Twitter dump. They believe that Elon, they, they've been brainwashed into believing yeah. that Elon Musk is this right-wing operative and all of this stuff is being made up and not real. And even the people who think it's not made up don't think it's a big deal. They've been brainwashed into believing that Twitter had the right to do this. The government had the right to do this. Scientists cool. had the right to do you this. Know, doctors had the right to do this. Maybe DeSantis and, uh, needs and, to and, win and, then. And too bad. Go find your own truth. What happens when DeSantis wins or Trump wins then? That, like, this is what I don't understand about these people, is that they think that these experts, they're just going to always be able to pick who they are because they, you know, run liberal institutions and academia and, and media right. and finance. It's... Well, what happens when a right wing regime takes over and they decide what's what's true and what's not? Well, yeah, they, these people can't Andrew, so you're saying things. you're saying they're hypocrites. Of course, if there was they're proof idiots. that Trump had done all this, that they would be going their hair would be on fire. Are you kidding me? I, I don't I, at this point. I don't know if they're just hypocrites or if they're complete idiots that are hypocrites by way of their idiocy, because right. it seems obvious to me that. Uh, as long as we have elections regularly in this country, that that would be a risk. But it, it, apparently, I don't know. It, it's just like uh, it, it does boggle my mind, kind of, that anyone could, you know, if you just ask one of these so-called brainwashed people, should experts set the official opinion in America? And then should, you know, social media ban and censor people based off whether or not they agree with those experts? I can't think that the majority of people would say yes in America. I just don't know if that's what America looks like. And that's what's happening. So it's yeah. fundamentally disjointed with America, in my opinion. Absolutely. People are. Absolutely. Andrew, right. thanks. Thanks for your time, Mike. Appreciate it. Of course. Okay. Who's the, uh, Danny? Hey, Daniel. Daniel. Okay. Hey, Daniel. What's up? Did you like, just call do you like me Danny? Name, do you like the name Danny? Danny? <laughs> Only my mother calls me Danny. Oh, well, then that's your name. <laughs> Danny, Danny. Hey, Dan. What Dan? No, no, I don't like Dan either. Oh, my God, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Like Daniel um, Boone. Daniel Boone. A lot, a lot of good calls, calls tonight. Um, yeah. He, um, and Andrew's, um, in particular, was, was a good call. Um, he, he was talking about... Um, the uh, Stanford Virality Project, and that project was born out of the Standard Internet Observatory Center. Um, the, uh, centers are areas that uh, that all universities form for for studying a particular um, um, a particular kind of a niche discipline, and they're, they're primarily set up um, so that the, it's it reduces um, the uh, overhead costs that the universities take out of grant money, and that's why centers are often set up. Um, so, so they don't get they don't get as big a slice of pie. I mean, which could be like you know thirty, forty percent, depending on what what, what institution you're working at. So, if I if I write a grant, NIH grant, and um, and at Berkeley, 
and they're, they're, they're taking, you know, like, I can't remember what, what the direct and indirect costs were, but it was some, someplace probably around 30, 35% of, of, of my grant goes to, to, goes to the university. Um, and, and, and right now we're, we're running an SBI our grants, so they get nothing, which, so we're, we're, we're delighted about that. But the Stanford Internet Center was set up. Probably for, for for that for that reason, so, so they can pull in grant money, and ostensibly they they were set up. Um, they're pulling grant money to keep more of it, and they were set up initially to um, monitor and try to prevent internet abuse. Now, just think about that. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and and this is what Andrew was highlighting. Who is going to determine what is internet abuse and what is not? Now, that, that's it. And this is the arrogance of Stanford University allowing the center to be set up in the first place. And for those who developed the idea of the center and for those who worked at the center and from and they were mostly concentrated on social media, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's that's what they kept kept an eye on to try to uh, uh, detect abuses, abuse by their definition internet abuses that is uh, abuses of the technology they're not look they're not looking to to limit these these tools which is what you know i am constantly preaching about these tools need to be limited they are the danger the danger is in the tools we do not understand the tools these people were arrogant enough to think that they could determine what is abuse and what is not abuse when these tools, these these the tools used on the internet and, uh, and, and modern communication tools were used, out of the Stanford Internet Observatory sprang when COVID arose the the Stanford Virality Project, and and then they, as Andrew pointed out, start simply limiting true speech, true things about vaccine efficacy, true things about side effects, et cetera, et cetera, because they they determined they determined that the biggest abuse that anyone could um, carry out with respect to to uh, social media and the COVID questions in general was to limit people's um, willingness to get vaccinated. That is hesitancy, and that's that was their bottom line definition of what the abuse became to the Stanford Virality Project. So anything that they did in service of, of limiting hesitancy was to them justified. And it didn't matter if it was true or not. Truth be damned. And this is something I've been saying from the very beginning of this COVID stuff. The truth matters. And if you start abusing the truth like this, science is going to suffer greatly. And if science suffers, our society is going to suffer. We have, have right now a medical and in, in, medical industrial complex that has done so much freaking damage to itself, let alone the people of this country and the world, because no people have lost so much trust and they are going to continue that trust as more and more is revealed. And it will be there can just like just like what happened with with Iraq, you know, started out everyone supporting that 80 to 20 percent. But two years after we're into it, it flipped. It's the same thing's going to happen here, and 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 this the arrogance. I mean, the, just the the audacity of Stanford University to allow this center to be formed in the first place, and to think that they are the ones 
that can be the judges of what is abuse on the internet or not, and then get so specific about it to say that saying anything that is truthful, anything that is truthful, Mike, if it if it creates hesitancy, needs to be limited. The audacity. I mean, this is just fucking grotesque. So, yes, Andrew, thanks for thanks for the for the call, and and, and as well, Gator, lots of good calls tonight. Um, I just want to um, put in my two cents about that and what I know about these two projects and how they form and how how the university allows has, stuff. Has like Jay Bhattacharya mentioned anything about this? Um, oh, oh, I'm sure Jay knows all about the, 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 yeah. the Standard Internet Observatory because that's his university, right? And, uh, yeah, yeah, and. Um, uh, I, I, I can't point to any specific things that he has written about it, although I know he has uh, on Twitter made some various comments about it. Um, it is despicable. Um, it, it, Stanford is ultimately going to pay when, when this percentage flips and we go from uh, 80% to thinking that uh, it was a good idea to get to, to get vaccinated and 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 uh, and uh, vaccination passports were, were were justified and forcing people through their employer to get vac- vaccinated was justified when that flips from uh, 80% in favor to 20% in favor um, Stanford is going to have a one heck of a gigantic hole to try to crawl out with respect to their reputation. This is going to damage universities across this country, woke universities across this country, phenomenally. Yet yet Stanford had two of the greatest doctors, Jay Bhattacharya and Scott Atlas, right there at their disposal. And they never, not only did they never actually ask them for their uh, uh, advice or opinion, but they just totally deleted them and canceled them and pre- pretended they didn't exist. They tormented them. Tormented them. Their, their, yeah. Their fellow yeah. faculty tormented them. The fellow yeah. faculty tormented these people, writing them nasty emails, trying to get them censored, going to the university, university president and asking them to censor these people, even to remove their tenure. This, these these people were, were, were I mean this we are talking about holding Fauci responsible. Maybe Fauci does never maybe he's too connected and he's never held responsible. Um maybe some of uh, the Nazis that were higher up never got held responsible, but people did get held responsible. We need to hold whoever we can responsible. Whoever we can get, we need to get. If if the big fish escape, if we can't get them, we can't get them. But yep. we should try and we should get anybody we can because this whole thing happened. This pan hysteria happened because at every level of our society, people could, would not stand up. Even when they knew it was wrong to back down, they would not stand up. People at every level, people as grocery store workers, for God's sakes, the, 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 the whole grocery stores were like the epicenter of this hysteria. The fact that they started making people wear masks to get into grocery stores was probably one of the most pivotal parts of of, of kicking off this hysteria. And, and, the, and so grocery store workers were enforcing this shit. I don't care if it's grocery store workers all the way up to Fauci or beyond. If, if there were people in the in, in back rooms of the pharmaceutical industry hyping up this this conspiracy, hyping up a conspiracy, an actual conspiracy or whether it was a conspiracy of interest. I don't fucking care. Go after anyone we can get and get them because we need to have 
<clears throat> we need to have disincentivized at every level in our society ever doing anything like this again. So, yeah, go after those prison guards, those Nazi prison guards. Why? Because there were Nazi prison guards and because they allowed this shit to happen. Absolutely. And, and, then, and if you can stop those, if you can stop people from becoming Nazi-like prison guards, then no matter who the people, no matter what the people above them say, they're not going to carry out those 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 orders. They're going to say, sorry, we've seen this before in history. I carry out shit like that. I'm the fall guy. So fuck you. So every, at every level in our society, they need to be held cause, accountable. If we don't get the top dogs, if we don't get Fauci, that we're going to we're going to do our damnedest. That's all we got to do. Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate yep. it. Well said, as always. Well said, as always. OK, so there is this story, but I think I'll save it for tomorrow. Um, Rand Paul wrote uh, an opinion in uh, in the in what do you write? Where right? Foxnews.com. Yeah. So Rand Paul wrote, this will be the end to Fauci's NIH as we know it. And I'll, I'll save that for tomorrow. Maybe I'll lead with that tomorrow. If nothing else uh, groundbreaking happens between now and then. But, Bill, do you want uh, to come back? Do you want the last word tonight? Hey, Bill, how about I give Bill the last word tonight? You there, Bill? Maybe Bill's not really there. He was on earlier. Uh, play us out, Bill. Yeah, Bill, do you want to play us out? Uh, maybe Bill's not there. Okay. All right. Well, Bill... Remember, you have uh, every right to call tomorrow, and I hope you do. But I, uh, but uh, there'll be more. Once again, this we'll we'll talk more about this, and uh, I'll maybe I'll lead with that uh, Rand Paul article tomorrow because, as I've said many times, uh, I think the NIH and a lot of other those three letter agencies, when Ron DeSantis wins and takes over on January twenty of twenty twenty five. A lot of these agencies need to be uh, you know, dis- defunded, for lack of a better term, dismantled and rebuilt if need be, if need be. Um, and so I'm interested in uh, seeing what uh, Rand Paul has to say about the about the NIH. And, you know, Rand Paul was one of the few people who who really started going after Fauci uh, very, very soon, very quickly into this whole thing. It didn't take Rand Paul long to really see what a... Uh, scumbag Fauci was and how dishonest he was and how he was lying. And you have to give Rand Paul, whether you agree with him on other things or not, you have to give him a lot of credit. He is probably the only person in Congress who went after Tony Fauci and really, really grilled him and gave him a rough time where everyone else was kissing his ass. So I'll, I'll read this tomorrow. We'll talk more tomorrow. But I want to remind everyone that the name of this show was in Let's Be Heard. It airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. And as Gator uh, told me, it's 6 a.m. Uh, London time because they're, in, they're, into, they're into summertime now. Summer, summertime, summer, summertime. Not summertime, summer time zone, I guess they call it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that means that I'll be right back here tomorrow night. Remember, it's a big Friday night show, which means politics, and also movies. And I'll be reviewing uh, John Wick Volume 4 with Keanu Reeves and also the film How to Blow Up a Pipeline. So you'll want to be here for that. Make sure, you're, make sure you return tomorrow night. But until then, 
This is Micah Chopley reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.